All right, if you're wondering, that song for the intro is me, just with a better voice. You know, you can do some amazing things with technology. Hey, welcome to the Kingdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Woodard, and today we're going to have a lot of fun talking about a topic that is so important for your life, and it has been a staple of my life, and that is the work of the kingdom. Uh, last week, we talked about the purpose of the kingdom podcast, and obviously, the, the main point there is just that everything is in a kingdom of God versus kingdom of the enemy matrix. And so the purpose of this podcast is to help you as uh, a child of God to use the tools and the implements of the kingdom to get God's will in the earth. That's what we talked about. And so we're going to talk about how that works uh, in a little bit more detail this week as we talk about the work of the kingdom. Now, if you saw the preview, you'll remember that I said, if God said it, it's going to happen. You can take all of God's promises, words, whether it be to you or to your family or to all of the body of Christ, every single one of them, you could take it to the bank. It's If he says it, it's yes and amen. All of his promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. That means they're already done and it's guaranteed to deposit into your bank account. But, and it's a big but, in order for it to deposit in your earthly bank account, and that's an analogy just to say that in order for you to see the promises manifest in your life, in other words, when God tells you you're going to own this land, right? That's a promise. It's already done in heaven. But in order for you to see it in your lifetime, two things are required. One is the requisite amount of faith. Requisite just means the faith level that's required, the requisite amount of faith. And you know that there are different levels of faith. The book of Romans, the Bible tells us that some have the gift of faith and it's according to measure. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of God gives faith by measure. And even Jesus sometimes would tell his disciples, O ye of little faith, right? Which means that they had some faith, they just needed more. And so there are different levels of faith for different levels of miracles. And some of the promises of God you'll see pretty quickly because you have that level of faith. And then there are other ones that you have to work into a higher level of faith. So that's number one. You need the requisite level of faith for the promise that you heard from God or for the promise that you're reading in the Bible. And number two is that you need to do the kingdom work that's required. Now, you know, some of you will say, well, there's no work. You know, the only thing we have to do is believe. And you're right. The only thing you have to do for salvation is believe. <laughs> But if you want to see God's promises manifest in the world, you have to do some work. And I'll give you some scriptures. James, you know, tells us in the book of James, faith without works is dead. Jesus said, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yes, we are burden bearing beasts 
and it's not the same burden as the world. It's not Pharaoh's burden where they double, you know, Pharaoh doubled the, the, the labor of the people of God. It's not that Jesus's burden is light and it's easy, but it still is a burden. And it requires that you believe one and two, do the kingdom work. So what is the kingdom work? The kingdom work is what Jesus says in Matthew 16. He says, I give you the keys to the kingdom. Stop. The keys to the kingdom means you, you person listening to this audio. If Jesus has given you the keys to the kingdom, he's given it to every person in the body of Christ. That means you have the tool to unlock the promises that are in heaven. See, every promise God has ever promised is already done in heaven. Your healing, it's already done in heaven. The land you're supposed to receive, it's already done in heaven. That family member that's supposed to get saved, it's already done in heaven. In order for it to manifest on the earth, someone needs the keys to unlock it. You've already been given those keys. But what do you do with that? You can unlock the door. It doesn't automatically mean something's going to come through. Jesus says how you deal with that in the rest of that verse. He says, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Therefore, whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. If you look at what that means, and, and I've never heard it taught this way, but it's always been my understanding just from reading the word of God. Whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven. There are things that are not allowed in heaven. They're disallowed. They're bound, right? Their sickness is bound. It, it, it can't exist. It's, the, it's like the Bible says, Jesus' feet, he'll make his enemy's footstool, his footstool. Certain things are the footstool of heaven and everyone there. Sickness is one of them, right? Um, disease, uh, lack is another one. Um, so if it's bound already in heaven, you can open up the kingdom and bring in the reinforcement to bind it on earth. That's, that's what you have the authority to do. And then it says, whatever you loose on earth is already loosed in heaven. Well, what's loose in heaven? What's free-flowing in heaven? Love is free-flowing in heaven. Joy, breakthrough, uh, um, amazing life-giving worship of God, amazing freedom and, and fun. It's all freely distributed in heaven. And if you unlock the door to the kingdom of heaven, you can use your authority to loose that same thing in the earth. When you do that, it makes the enemy back up. So the work that you do is unlock the kingdom because you have the keys and you begin to bind and loose. And everything falls into those categories. Whatever it is that you're seeking God for, whatever the promise is, in heaven it's already been perfected. 
If it's something that you're trying to disallow, it's already disallowed in heaven. If it's something you're trying to bring into your life, it's already free-flowing in heaven. You just need to bring it on the earth. That's why this famous uh, Lord's Prayer says, uh, Thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. And so why doesn't that happen? What are we missing that we don't get the blessings, we don't get the promises? It seems like even if we do get it, it takes years. What are we missing? Well, first, you've got to go back to what Jesus said. Faith like a mustard seed. That faith grows. The mustard seed grows. And even in the parable that he gave, that seed grew to be as large as any tree, so big that it carries birds. So the idea is you can't have stagnant faith. It's, it's, it's really interesting because we have a lot of Christians, and I've been in this, I've been in this uh, cycle before, where my hunger to know what God is promising me has run ahead of my faith and ability to bring it to pass in my life. And it's not that I have to bring it to pass in the sense that God doesn't do it. God has already done it. I just have to partner with him. But sometimes you hear about the amazing promises that people are getting and you're like well i want some of that <laughs> that sounds good and you know it's like a buffet i would like that too you know I, oh yeah i could take that somebody got a jet from the lord i'll take a jet um all of these things and you hear about these promises and you go yeah i'm believing for it you know i receive the word and, and it almost be, it, it almost rolls off of your lips just like anything like hey i received that for my life but your faith hasn't moved an inch. <laughs> All of these things you receive for your life, none of it's happening. Why? Your faith hasn't grown with your appetite. So, how do you grow your faith? You grow your faith by tracking with the Word of God. You grow your faith by tracking with the Word of God. The moment you believe for something, the enemy is going to try to manufacture and project the very opposite. And because it's all spiritual, you're not you're usually not aware that you allow doubt to slip in once the once the devil does his projection. The devil will show you well that's not possible because you have this bill or because this person is standing in the way. You can't get the promotion. Or because the doctor said this part right here on the x-ray, that thing right there, that can't be healed. There's no medicine for that. And so Satan's going to talk because Satan is going to Satan. But when Satan talks, if your faith takes a hit, you've taken a step down from the requisite faith to get the promise. And now your faith has to be rebuilt. Rebuilt to the point that the next time you get the bad report, you remember Isaiah 53. Well, whose report shall we believe? We will believe the report of the Lord. And you stand resolved. I, I remember when my daughter was in the hospital and the doctors were saying she's never going to talk. She's never going to walk. She's not going to live past the next hour and all these different things. And my faith was at a place where I literally, they could have said anything. 
They could have recited their credentials, pulled out their resume, and read me their medical books. It would not have mattered. I knew what I knew by faith. I knew that no matter what they told me, she was going to live and she was going to be just fine. Because I knew the promise. I knew the promise. I mean, <laughs> Jesus had already come and raised her from the dead. It was, there was no excuse and no reason for me not to believe. So it didn't matter what Satan said through the mouths of those doctors. He likes to use them. I told the doctor, I said, hey, I appreciate your medical degree. But you didn't raise her from the dead, did you? I said the same Jesus who raised her from the dead is the same one who's going to heal her. She's going to be just fine. And I didn't say it like I had the confidence. I said it from a place of confidence and faith, knowing that I was right. That's the faith that I'm talking about. You know in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, and in your spirit. Every part of you is affected by the word of God. You're saturated by faith to the point that there's no chink in your armor and that no matter what Satan says or projects onto your eyelids, it will not have the intended result. Your faith will not diminish. That's the faith. How do you get there? Saturating yourself in the word of God and the practice of believing what God says enough to do something about it. And it's not just you do anything. He will show you. He'll, he'll show you what to do. I want to know you more like a brother. I want to know you more like a friend. Because if I have my choice in the matter, there's none other I want to know. I want to know. I want to know you more. with the faith he's given you and when you do it you see the result and th that's what life becomes it's like jesus said i only do what my father shows me to do he spent a lifetime only doing what his father showed him to do and so and i know it's resurrection weekend it's resurrection day today as i'm recording this you'll hear this wednesday but it's resurrection day just, just imagine being Jesus and you spent your life doing only what the Father's told you to do. So you've built up this amazing trust. And then you're on the cross and all of a sudden you see nothing anymore. You, he's not showing you anything. You don't even feel his presence. And so that's why Jesus screamed out, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. He screamed out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? For 33 years, I've only done what you showed me to do. And now I'm not seeing anything. And even more than that, you're not here. So all that was left for Jesus to do was nothing. So he gave up the ghost. And his spirit goes down to hell. And the devil is taunting him. And the devil is mocking him. And the devil is saying, I am going to bring all of the demons and all of the higher powers and principalities 
and I'm going to give them the best show of their life. I'm going to I, I'm going to whip you. I already did it to your body. Now I'm going to terrorize and torture your spirit. And you're going to die here in hell. So the devil is preparing to have this great show. And because Jesus only does what his father shows him to do, he's not doing anything about it. He's not agreeing with the devil. Father didn't show him that. He's not talking back to the devil. Father didn't show him that. Bible says he didn't say a mumbling word on earth. He probably didn't say anything in hell either. He didn't have a retort. But all of a sudden, after three days, the father visits him and shows him taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And the Bible says that he made a show of Satan openly. I imagine him taking a rod of lightning and whipping Satan over the face with it. <laughs> because the father began to show him. And, and then Jesus, of course, was elevated to the highest position that you can be. He's Lord of all creation. The Bible says he was given honor. He became the Lord of all creation over all heavens, under all earth, and over everything under the earth and the sea. And, and he was elevated. So Jesus is the perfect example of faith beyond measure. Faith that no matter what situation you're in and what Satan is saying, you're not shaken. And you just move with God. And if God is not moving, you don't move. So that's building your faith, moving with God and building that trust with him. The second half of that is, okay, okay, Kenneth, I have a roadmap for how to build my faith. What about the second part? What about the second part of the work of the kingdom? How do I do this binding and loosing? You know, is there a certain way to do it? Is there a certain concoction of words that I need to say? How do I do that? Um, literally, you just use your mouth. <laughs> you use your mouth, you use your spirit, and you begin to see, like Jesus saw, the authority that you have. When you start using your authority, it gets in your spirit, it gets in your mouth. And you've done this before. You've prayed under the anointing where you felt something. You felt God as you pray. You're like, man, I'm praying this. I know it's going to happen. That's authority. And a lot of people pray from a place of God, please help. Please won't you, will, will you? I'm begging you. And that is so inappropriate. <laughs> it's so inappropriate. I know it's the most obvious way people pray. I'm here to tell you it's not the right way to pray. Like, you can ask God for things for sure. You know, the Bible says in Philippians 4, make your supplications unto God. And, you know, he considers these things. But he'll give you peace, the Bible says, that passes all understanding. So you can ask for things, but you don't have to beg God. That's not the idea. He's going to do what he's going to do. And the things that you need, he already knows you have need of them. He's provided for them. So what should you be spending your time doing? You should be spending your time removing barriers out of the way so that God can get to you what he already has given. And that's where the binding and loosing comes in. Certainly, there are many promises that you should have right now. But God is not going to take authority over the devil for you. That's not how the kingdom works. If the kingdom worked like that, you would not be needed. The kingdom works 
when you say, I take authority over this sickness, or I take authority in Jesus' name over this disease, or over the spirit of lack, or over this oppression, or this lack of energy, or this lack of time that has affected my work product, or has it affected my ministry, or has it affected my ability to get things done or connect with the people I need to connect with. It seems like I'm in a cycle. Someone's always getting upset with the work I'm doing. I take authority over the spirit of accusation in my workplace or the spirit of uh, retaliation against me. And those spirits working through people who are trying to hold me back. I take authority and I bind those spirits. And then you call them by name. I bind them in Jesus' name so they have no more ability to oppose me. Now, you already have the requisite faith. When you say those words, you can't see it, but the words coming out of your mouth in the spirit realm become weapons of warfare and they go out and they bind the devils. They bind the devils. Imagine your words wrapping up the devils in your work, in your life and tying them down and they cannot move any longer. Now, if you really want to be smart, you'll do what I do. I don't leave collateral damage on the floor. I don't just leave the devils bound in my area. I don't even want them in my space. I don't I don't even cuz you know, if they get if they get if they break loose or can still communicate with others then you know, we still got the same problem. I prefer the tactic of terrorizing the devils. So how do I do that? I release the fear and the terror of God. It's scriptural, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Go read it. Paul said that there's a terror of God. Um, he said, being aware of the terror of God, I persuade all men. And so you can release the terror of God into the devils. And it's also scripture from the point of Jesus. You know, Jesus was so terrorizing to them, they would say, do you come to torment us before our time? Just his presence would torment them, and your presence should torment them. So I release the terror of them. That debilitates them even more. And what I do is that I command them, just as Jesus did. See, they asked him, okay, where do we go? He said, well, you go into those pigs. He said, please, Jesus, don't send us out of the land. Please, Jesus, don't send them out of the land. Jesus, Jesus you know, he, he was smart. So he sent them into the pigs so that there could be no more pig idol worship. Or, or, or idol worship where the pigs were, were sacrificed idols. So that's two for one. Pigs drown, no idol worship. Devils are out of, the, out of the space, out of the area. What I do is I send them out of my state. I say, get out of Chicago. Get out of Illinois. And never come back. You're bound from coming back. See, that's that bound again. You can use your authority to bind the devil. And I don't leave it there either. Whatever the devils were stealing, I loose it in that area where they were stealing from. 
So you see the displacement and the replacement. That's why it's the twofold. It's, it's binding and loosing. You use both. Don't just bind. Don't just bind the devil and send them out. Loose. What can you lose? You can lose anything that's free-flowing in heaven. So if the devils had come to bring uh, disease and infirmity, when you send them out, it's your responsibility to, you, to lose health and, 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 and good health and nutrition and a restoration of, of, of mind, a restoration of bone, a restoration of heart. Um, if the devil came and stole relationships, then you release favor. You release favor. Uh, Luke 2, uh, 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 verses 40 through, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 2, chapter 50, uh, Luke 2, verse 52 through 54. The Bible says Jesus uh, increased in favor with God and man. So if the devil came to steal your reputation and your relationships, then you release and loose more favor upon you and your family, more favor with God, more favor with man, open doors. You can lose open doors, opportunity, and promotion. Whatever it is that the devil stole, if he took away your energy, if he, took, if, he, if he depressed you and oppressed you, then what you do, you look to the hills from which come your help. Your help comes from the Lord. You loose the help of the Lord over your life, more grace, more energy to get the work done, and an easier way to do it, wisdom, supernatural intelligence, that you will get double the work done in half the time, and you loose that into your life. This is what kingdom work is all about. Kenneth, is it that easy? Is it, is it that simple? It really is. It really is. You can have all of the promises that God has promised you with number one, the requisite faith, and number two, the kingdom work. Now, there's more to be said about that faith and that work as we talk about being led by the Spirit so that you don't fulfill the lust or the deeds of the flesh. Because you can do the actions of increasing your faith and the actions of binding and loosing, but it also has to be spirit-led. So that might come in another podcast, but you can work with and establish what we just talked about here, and you will see the open door. So you're, you're listening to someone who's practiced this and who has seen it over and over again in stories that I can tell you and some stories that I absolutely cannot tell you because it's between me and God, but I've seen doors open that no one can close and I have seen doors shut that no one can open and it all has to do with the work of the kingdom. Listen, this is how we're going to survive in this time of increased darkness, Isaiah 60, but yet there's a, a light that is shining, even though there's gross darkness on the people and gross darkness on the earth, it says, rise and shine for your light has come. Part of that is the work of the kingdom. And so I encourage you to be built up in faith. I encourage you to feel that authority to bind and loose on the earth. It's your responsibility Jesus gave it to you. He put the keys of the kingdom in your hand. And he gave you a commission, Matthew 6, 33. He said, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things 
will be added to you. And they get added as you have the requisite faith and as you bind and loose. I hope this blessed you. Please share it with someone who needs this basic level but very powerful teaching on the work of the kingdom. Thanks for listening to the Kingdom Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon.